All right. The time has come once again for Star Trek, the original series trivia. Eric. I'm excited about this one. Lay, lay it on us. This is one of the big ones that I talked about before, the, the longer questions. Okay. So, all right. Well, this question. Add out the love letter review. Yeah, oh, that, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not much to talk about with love letters. So, all right. When a beautiful alien stole Spock's physical brain to run her planet's computer system. I, I just want to say that the physical brain <laughs> is one of the top Not, not types of a brain, brain to have. <laughs> Go on. Okay, I know the episode already. Continue. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. She stole his physical brain. His physical brain, yes. Not his well, allegorical one. Hey, hey, look. You don't know anything about Vulcans, okay? They might have. They might have a spiritual or ephemeral brain. Who knows? Yeah, okay. It, it depends they, on the she plot. Took, yeah, exactly. She took his physical brain and uh, to run... Okay, when a beautiful alien stole Spock's physical brain to run her planet's computer system, it began a bizarre race against time for the Enterprise crew to find the missing brain and return it. The strange yeah. dichotomy of the female iMorgs technology complicated matters. The iMorgs themselves possessed only a primitive intelligence, but the one who stole the brain was advanced enough to perform a complicated surgical procedure. Dr. McCoy theorized that the iMorgs' dependence on the computer to provide everything they needed atrophied their intellectual capabilities. Nevertheless, to save Spock, McCoy had to link up with their computer in an attempt to gain the knowledge he needed to, re to replace Spock's missing brain. While the Enterprise crew was interrogated, a line was spoken that would become an ironic science fiction idiom. Who uttered the immortal words, brain and brain, what is brain? A, Spock. B, Luma, C, Kara, or D, the Morgue Guard? That was awesome. <laughs> that was so good. Goodbye, Churchill. You'll get Goodbye, you. Batman. Did I? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I may have been wrong. Welcome to a piece of the action. I'm Micah. I'm Eric. And I'm Greg. And I can never get the camera. There I am. Hi. This week, we are looking at the game Love Letter. Uh, this, I've been told I haven't played it, but I've been told that it is a super short game. So this will probably not be a super long review. Uh, but it was a game that came out in 2012 by a designer named Seiji Kanai. And Eric and Greg played Love Letter, uh, and they informed me that contrary to what I thought previously it is not anything at all like Churchill. That was the funniest text I've I don't ever know. seen in my life. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so good. I, I figured because I, I so I know nothing about Love Letter. I assume that it's a game in which the two players are writing love letters back and forth to each other and in that sort of, you know, made-to-be-a-two-player style game, which is sort of what I thought the vibe of Churchill was. Well, Churchill is, is, a, is an explicitly three-player game. It can only be played yeah. three players. So from the beginning premise, you were, you were wrong. Yeah, the, <laughs> I remember the, the, the text was something along the lines of, isn't Love Letter a two-player-only game like Churchill? <laughs> which was like the weirdest, like, I didn't even know how to... I didn't know what angle to take at that. That was just so wrong on so I many thought, levels. I thought the two of you played it together when we went camping and I didn't play it. That's what I'm remembering. 
No. Oh, you're thinking of uh, what did we play? It was the Twilight Struggle light game. Oh, oh, um, fourteen days. Fourteen, 14 days. days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we Which played. is also is that also a game about the Cold War? It is. Yeah, it was a Cuban. Well, Missile yes, Crisis. the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, which, by the way, love letter is not about the Cold War. So I don't. How many? I don't know where that, where that line is being drawn either. <laughs> I'm still confused as to how we're connecting this back to love letter. But anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. So love letter, not about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell us what it is about? Well, love letter is. Well, actually, you, you know what you should do. You should probably go to Greg on this because I Greg? think Greg Greg owns this game and he has the info on like what the story is. I've never actually read that out. I obviously. Like the play of the game, I didn't get the idea of. How do you know of, it's not of, about the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yeah, that's true. It could be, I suppose. One of them did look like Churchill. All right. Greg, uh, the, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. The the from from playing the game, I'll just say this: from playing the game, I didn't really fully understand. I could put, I could piece something together, but I couldn't fully understand why the game was named Love Letter. I haven't looked anything up on this game. Okay, Greg. Then why don't you take it out for us? Uh, what is Love Letter about? You know, I don't even really know. It's like you're writing. I, I think the basic idea is you're writing a love letter to the princess. So in the game, like uh, the, that most powerful card is the princess. And but I don't know how that supposed, is supposed to come across in the theme because you can actually be the princess. Are you writing a letter to yourself? I don't know. Um, but that's where love letter comes from. Someone, one of the eight people that are in this game is writing a love letter to the princess, I think. Okay. But, all right. Uh, how does it feel to play Love Letter would be my next question. Love Letter is a card game, 100% a card game. It's, uh, uh, it's a really simple. You, uh, you have one card, you have a one hand card the whole time. Uh, and on your turn, you draw a card, you play a card. That's it. Uh, and there's only 15 cards in the whole deck. Whenever the deck runs out, whoever has the highest value card in their hand wins. But it never really gets that far because each card has a thing that it does. Like, for example, I play a guard. That's the one card. And I can, like, uh, say, okay, Eric, I think you have the three, which is the Baron. And if I'm right, he's out of the game. Right? So usually the game ends when uh, everyone has been knocked out but one person. But that's, that's basically it. How any of that is uh, love letter writing, I don't feel that at all. No, I, don't. I feel like it has to do with someone writing the princess a, a love letter. I think you're right on that. Yeah, that is what it is. I, I, that's the basic idea. Okay, wait. So, I'm so sure someone. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Once, once we, you know, post this, someone will say something about that. Wait, by by, oh, by oh, the way, oh, you have a, a one card hand. <laughs> yes. Yes. You draw a card. I, I mean, is it so? Every turn, is it basically which of the two cards that you now yep. momentarily yes. have do you play? Absolutely. Right. Yes. Got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and you knock people out of the game by doing what again? So every card can knock people out in different ways. Uh, and that's kind of like where the meat of the game is. Every card's got... And some of them right? don't knock people out. Some yeah, of them just protect them you from being knocked. They all have... This is a game of, like, some of the cards out there. The, every card has a special power on it. So the special power, like like the, the handmaid, protects you from, from anything that turn. Or uh, the the priest. The, the priest lets the you priest look at look, yeah. somebody else's hand, you know, so for like a confessional kind of thing. So, you know, there's... It's all dynamics like that. For for my money, it felt like it felt like a, a like war meets resistance. The game, the game, the game resistance, where you're trying to like a social deduction game, uh, where those two things merged. Okay. Well, one thing I did want to mention 
mm-hmm. before we get off of theme 100%, to show how unthematic the game is, there's different versions of this game. One of the first versions they did is Love Letter Batman. Right. Okay. Which I guess you're writing a love letter to Batman now. Mm-hmm. Which so you have that, but there's also like love letter Adventure Time, and there's love letter uh, million love versions cra- of this game, Lovecraft letter, Lovecraft, yeah, where you're trying to write I don't know Cthulhu, I don't know what you're doing in that one, <laughs> but it's uh it's so and it should be noted too the version we're playing, we're playing the original original love letter because there's actually also love letter premium which adds up to like eight players. There's a uh, 2019 they did a redo of love letter. They've added a couple of cards. It goes to six player now, I think. But we're playing the original, original, this, this one year, <laughs> mm-hmm. which when it first came out, which is a two to four player game. Uh, I say three or four. I don't think it's any good at two. Uh, three to four player game. Uh, that's it. For 15 cards. The whole game is 15 cards. So. Okay. And you said it takes maybe five minutes to play. Five minutes per round. If you play by the rules, there's actually, every time you win a round, you get like a, a point and depending on the player count you're playing to a certain number of points so okay. each round is like five minutes the full game you don't, have you, to actually, do that. you don't have to do that but if you played the full game it's probably half hour right? probably i would say right okay okay but, but uh, you like, cut, i didn't hear you Greg. what what time limit were you giving it uh if you played the full game like yeah we actually uh, it could go to half hour at max half, yeah half an hour okay good yeah okay so so like a lot of those sort of trick-taking games or those things they basically make the game go longer by just arbitrarily having you play it more times sounds like mm-hmm. yes yeah, rounds yeah okay uh all right well with a game that simple then normally we would talk about next talk about strategy um is there any opportunity any space for you to be strategic in this i game, i, I, I want to say something oh, oh wait. sorry well i feel like we didn't talk about the feel of play Okay. We missed wanna... that section. All right. Yeah. Um, sorry. I thought I thought that covered it, but yeah. Go ahead. Um, we, we were, we were spending else? so much time talking about the deep theme. I think you looked over. It's it easy to get play. lost. It's easy to get <laughs> lost in, in the theme. I mean, when Churchill when Churchill uh, got together with with Batman, that was very thematic. <laughs> to, to fight Cthulhu. To fight That's Cthulhu. Right. <laughs> All those years writing love letters to each other, Churchill and Batman. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Yeah, drawn together by their mutual love of defeating Cthulhu. Um, Greg, what were you saying? Oh, so feel feel of play. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to talk about that. It's I Eric said something about it being uh, would you say war meets resistance? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I can kind of see that. I, for me, this is a deduction game. Uh, that's how it feels when I play. Because uh, a lot of the cards, like for example, guard is the most common card in the deck. There's five of them, and that one says like if you can name the card another player has you knock them out. So there's a lot of like a little, like you can so you see all the cards that people have played and then you get other little clues. For example, like the Baron says, that's the three. It says you compare the card that's in your hand with another player. You compare the numbers and whoever has the lower value gets knocked out. Well, that's, that's a clue because you see the person gets knocked out and oh, they had a four. That means that person has a five or higher. And you can start playing the probabilities and stuff like that. So I, you know, or, to me, or mm-hmm. if a person like plays the Baron and they're certain that they're going to win, that's information too. So this, yeah. that, that's why I say like the, the resistance, sure. you know, reading people and how they play is also a feature of this game. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, well, resistance is social deduction. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's, for me, that's what this is. It's a very, very short 
lightweight deduction game. There's little bits of data out there you're sifting through trying to figure out what cards in people's hands. Um, and that, that's, to me, how it feels, deduction. Okay. All right. Now I'll go ahead then and uh, talk about strategy. Um, so why don't we go back to you, Greg? Um, what strategies do you employ as you're trying to make those deductions? Uh, I don't really think there's a lot of strategy in this game. Um, Just remember it's very, stuff? It, it's a very, yeah, I mean, the deduction's pretty simplistic. I don't think the deduction ever gets too deep. You can see what cards are out. And there's some data you have to sift through, like, okay, this person got knocked out here with this card. Why did they make that call here? You know, there's some, like Eric said, you can kind of read people. A little. There's some of that. But it's also a game where you can get knocked out without ever having a turn. So, I mean, it's, it's a five-minute game. So, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, it can be incredibly luck-driven. I mean, so, like, the, the princess top card her text says if you ever discard her you're out of the game so you're trying to prevent discarding her so once you have her in your hand you don't even have an, a choice right <laughs> you just play the other card you have to you have no choice um so yeah I don't, there's not a ton of strategy in this game um i mean there's some little bluffing things you can do uh maybe that aren't evident in your first play like for example the guard your initial impression is okay let's see what cards have been played what is the highest probability of me hitting a card in someone's hand? I'll select that card. Uh, because some cards have two, for example. But, you know, later on, you can think about it. You can go, well, you know what? If I name the card that's in my hand, even though I know I'm not going to get that right, it throws other people off because they will never think that, oh, I would name the card that's in my hand. You know, there's those little things you can do like that. I don't think that's deep strategy, but it, right. it's a little... It's, there's a little more to it than it would seem like in a five-minute game, I would say. Okay. All right. Uh, Eric, what do you think? Do uh, you have any uh, anything to add on the strategic component? I don't component? have much. I don't, I don't have much. This, this game hates my guts. Really? I cannot yeah. win this game to save my life. Eric didn't get uh, a single point last time. However, it's, it's because it's so random. It's, just, it's, just a, it's a very random game. However, if, if, I was to give any, if, if I was to give anybody advice... It would be just count those cards. You know, there's not that many to count, so count them. You know, this this is actually kind of nice training for um, for for playing uh, trick taking games. You know, to, to pay attention to the cards. Pay, figure out what's in Greg's hand. You know, figure that out. You can do it in this game because it's because there's only what'd you say, fifteen cards? Fifteen 16? cards, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say with 15 cards, that means, and you're looking at two of them, right? So Exactly. So you can do it. And, and, and when you discard your cards, they're face up in front of you. They don't get discarded into a pile where it's, where it's hidden. They stay out in front of you. I think that's the rule anyway. Yeah, it is. So um, you can always count up how many have been played. So just, you know, use it as training to play other trick-taking games, in my opinion. But, but it's, um, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the only tip I would give people is just pay attention to what's in, Try to figure out what's in other people's hands. Okay. All right. Well, um, so uh, short game. What does Love Letter do well then? Um, why Why is it uh, up here on Board Game Geek's popular list? Why is it so popular? What would you guys say, uh, Eric? I think it's it's on the list because it is. Well, actually, this is interesting because the previous game we talked about was Splendor. And Splendor, I said, didn't work for me. It pushed it over the line for me because it was too long. Um, 
So it can't, so Splendor would, didn't work as a filler for me. Love Letter is the perfect filler. Perfect. Because it is a wonderful uh, blend of like a traditional card game and a social deduction game. And it takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's great as far as that's concerned. So really good. Th- those are the high points for me. And I think, would you guys say, is this the first um, social deduction that we've had, that we've, that we've looked at? Um, I think yeah, so. I think, I don't know what I would call it. I, I mean, there's I'm always a, a little I'm a, I'm a little it's, skeptical. It's really light on the social deduction. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical. It's more random card game than, mm-hmm. than social deduction, but there is a little bit of it in there. It's, I, I, I would be hesitant to call it social deduction. I would say it's a deduction game. There's a slight difference there. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, well, Greg, what about uh, you? What do you think it did well? Well, I mean, I mean, I think what it does the best is clear. I mean, this is the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tiny, right? So, I mean, even if I didn't care for the game that much, the fact that it takes up pretty much zero space on my shelf there's never a reason for me to get rid of it. You have to understand, people. You see that room that Greg is in right now? That's his entire apartment. That's right. So yeah. I, <laughs> over over here is the street, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's sealed in a pod, and every board game that goes into his room reduces the amount of breathable oxygen that he well, has. Yeah, so. size matters to me. I actually don't own a lot of stuff. Board game collection is my biggest thing I own, so I, it matters to me size of games. Sure. But the fact that this is like it's super cheap. It's so tiny that there's I would a million have versions to, of it. There's a million why not versions have of it? it? It's like why not have it? I bought it when it was popular back in the day, and I tried it. And you know, even if I don't play it that much, I'm like, well, it doesn't really take up space. So that the size to me is the biggest thing. Um, and then what Eric touched on, length of play, five minutes. I rarely play to the points. To be honest with you, I did, this is the perfect game where if you have three or four people waiting for the other player, mm-hmm. and they could be there any minute you can easily play multiple rounds of Love Letter. And I mean, I say five minutes, that's max. I mean, you can play one minute, two minute rounds. Well, uh, some people can get knocked out immediately. Yeah, right? you can get knocked out instantly. So it's, it's 30 seconds. It goes right? fast and it's for what it's doing for that five minutes. I, it's fun. It's tense. You know, when someone says a guard, oh, I'm pull guard on Greg. It's tense. Like, do they know what I have? Are these going to get it right? You know, there, there's enough interesting things going on in the five minutes that, yeah, it, it's it's worth it, and it's it, it's got a tiny bit of uh, uh, introduction uh, deduction in it, which is cool. I like deduction games in general, so um, yeah, it, for the size and length of play, those are its pluses. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, look at the flip side then. Uh, you know, and t- to be fair to it, uh, you know, judging it for what it is trying to be, what would you guys say uh, are the things that it really, even so, could have done better? Uh, Greg? At the end of the day, it's just too random, I guess. Which, you know, I, it, it is. I mean, like... Oh, those were my, those, that was going to be my exact words. So you <laughs> can just skip me, Micah. That, that was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, you can, you, you can literally be kicked out of the game without playing a single card. Like, that can just happen. Someone can pull the guard, they get it right, or they make you discard and you have the princess. I mean, there's so many ways that you can get knocked out of this game. I, I, I am hesitant to actually believe there's a whole ton of strategy in this game at all mm-hmm. so there's that okay now for a five minute game that's fine okay, i mean i give it a pass for that but it is too random and a little too light for me uh but that being said the reason why i never played to the full point total is because honestly 30 minutes of love letter is just too much 
I get bored. <laughs> 30 minutes. This is not a game. I'm like, hey, let's play Love Letter for the next half hour. Um, I would get bored of it after 30 minutes. So to me, that's a sign of a game that's not amazing if I don't want to play it for 30 minutes. That's, sure. you know, this is a game where I'm like, hey, we have 10, 15 minutes. Let's play two or three rounds of Love Letter. That's exactly where this sits. But even then, I, there's always a question like, we have five or 10 minutes before the, someone comes. I mean, would I rather play Love Letter or just talk? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I, I can talk for 10 or 15 minutes. I, so Love Letter is great when you have two or three people over here waiting on someone and they're boring people to talk to. Got it. <laughs> sound sound like a, a useful, a, a very useful function. And uh, we know that previously we have established that our our audience is soulless, boring people with no friends. So right. Well, they'll love this game. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you something well, they, to do. they may not love it, but the people who have those people over to play yes. games will love it. So it gives you something to do instead of talk to them for five minutes. There okay. Excellent. Uh, Eric, anything to add on the negatives other than that it's too random? Not really. The randomness is the big, is the big downside. Um, and that this game totally hates me. Okay. And that it has nothing to do with Churchill. Big, big downside. Big, big down, downside. by the way. Big downside for me. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so let's, uh, let's wrap it up then. What are your final thoughts? Um, we're going to go to Eric to get your final thoughts. And as we teased last week, you were going to explain your rating system for us uh, and then give us a rating. Um, you want to go ahead and take yeah. a stab at that? Yeah, that's right. Because, and the reason I'm doing this now is because we're starting to kick stuff off of our shelf. So as stuff gets right. kicked off of our shelf, I want there to be an explanation for it. Um, so my when I really sat down and thought about what makes a game good for me, um, I was, I, I thought that really it's a matter of uh, five things. So, and I, they're like tests. Do they pass or fail? Kind of. And the first one is the, the pop song test. So can you play pop music while playing this game? So if you can have a, a, like a song over it that is catchy and, and, you know, and you can still play the game, then the game fails, you know, it, because the game should take up the, the, the attention of the players. It shouldn't be, you shouldn't be able to ignore the game. So the pop song test, the bathroom test is the second one. When you go to the bathroom, and you come back, are you eager to, to come back and like find out what, what has happened? Well, like, like who's, like what's, what's Greg done? What's Micah done on their turns? Um, or are you easily distracted from the game? I think one of the most important ones is the what if test. Like what if I did this instead? What if, what if next time I play this, or this, this could even apply to like things like role-playing games, like, like the wonder that's associated with, with things. Um, what if I did this instead? Does it does it pass that test? And that can be that can be for mechanics or for um, interaction with people too. So, like a, deduct a social deduction game isn't going to have a lot in the way of mechanics. But what if I had said things just a little bit differently? You know, then that it passes that test. Uh, I think last time we talked about the high five test. Um, is there a can you ever imagine a moment in this game where where you would jump up and just shout for joy because you did something awesome or someone could give you a high five? And then finally, uh, the picture test is 
are you ever going to feel motivated to take a picture of this game at the end? That could also apply to the tactile nature of it as well. Like, like, does it feel good to play? But uh, but some games just look really good on the when they're when they're put out, and I think that for me anyway, you know, we've we've talked I've talked many times about how I like to have maps and visuals and stuff like that. So those five things, yeah, the aesthetics of a game. So those five things: the pop song test, the bathroom test, the what if test, the high five test, and the picture test, and of varying degrees, you know, does maybe it barely passes, but other doesn't. I think the only the only place that um, Love Letter totally fails, in my opinion, is the picture test. No one would want to take a picture of this game. But there's some high five moments in this game. Um, what if? Not so much, but I think it does a little bit. Like, I think, I think it barely passes that test because there, there could have been like, well, what if I had... Um, what if I had done what Greg said and played the guard, the guard card and said, well, I, you know, I think you have the, the eight, you know, but I have the eight, you know, what if I had done that differently? Everything else, I think it does really well. Like I'm, I'm eager when I have to take a break, when I have to run to the bathroom and I come back, I'm eager to find out what people have done mm-hmm. or, or, or what's going on in the game. Um, and with the pop song test, I, you can't play music over this game. You need to be interacting with people. You need to be talking. So love letter actually scores pretty high uh, on, on my, in my rating system. I thought, Seven points. So I'll rate it a seven. Are you giving, for those five categories, are you giving like a, between a zero, one, and two for each of them? Is that yeah, what one and two on each. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hey, Greg, uh, what about you? Final thoughts uh, on Love Letter? Yeah, I mean, it, it basically comes down to the size of the game uh, and how quickly it plays. Um, so it, it gets played. I still pull it out once in a while. It's the right situation. So for that reason, it gets a six. It's not, uh, if, if I lost this game, I don't think I'd be too heartbroken. But since I do have it, the situations occur where I'm like, hey, three or four people, we got five minutes. Let me, let me pull this out. So it's good. Yeah, for the size and the price, why not grab it? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, we have our tin game shelf. Uh, it sounds like um, for as short and light and random as it is it does seem like it's a game that provides a pretty distinct function that it doesn't really seem like we have duplicated anywhere else on our shelf so the question is um is that unique function make it worth putting on the shelf and kicking something else off um or does love letter get the boot what do you guys think well, I, well, I have a suggestion. Yeah. I also have a suggestion. Go ahead, Greg. I, I, I think for a 10-game shelf, it's such a small collection that I just would not want to use a slot on a game of this weight. It, it's, in, in, if we were to do like bigger libraries, like 25 games or 50 games, I could see making an argument for a love letter because it fills such a specific... Uh, a niche, but on a 10 game shelf, I, I feel like those need to be uh, meaty enough and, and long enough because you only got 10 games. So, no, I don't think Love Letter would go on a 10 game shelf. All right. Well, maybe I can talk into this, Greg, because I think that um, I think it does belong on the shelf. Um, but I'm going to pitch two games that it could possibly kick off. So, first, let's talk about Ticket to Ride. <laughs> 
and I don't. I know. I know. But I, you know, I don't like the game. But let. But mm-hmm. the reason I want to. I don't think that I honestly. Well, yeah, I do think Love Letter is better than Ticket to Ride. But as far as enjoyment is concerned, I understand the medianess level of it. But I think Ticket to Ride, a lot of what Ticket to Ride brings to the table is covered better in Power Grid. So, oh, since, no. Yes, totally. So, no, since Power, Power Grid is so you much You said heavier. it a few times. No, you said it a few times. And you're, so, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is we get, rid of, we get rid of Ticket to Ride. We bring in Love Letter. Love, Love Letter is so light. It's a filler. We don't have any fillers. We don't have a filler, but I don't think we have room for a lot of fillers. And, and no, we I, have room for one filler, and this would be our filler. We, no, but I, isn't I, a filler. I, I feel like if the filler would have to be a little meatier than this. To me, this well, is not it, even. Yeah, eventually, this is not even a, get kicked out. To me, this is not even a filler. This is like a filler this is filler. The perfect filler. No, I don't think so. Filler. See, you said that you didn't think of uh, Splendors being a filler, but I do. I still think of Splendor as being a filler. I don't. I don't feel like spending thirty um, minutes on a on a on a filler game. I know, but everyone has different descriptions of yeah. a filler. For me, a I think this is a perfect. Game. Plus, you could you could play this. You could play Love Letter to its actual completion, and it would be thirty minutes. That's why I. And then I, I don't like it. But that's why I'm saying once I once you play thirty minutes of Love Letter, I'm done. I, I, I I'm bored of it. You wouldn't. Even, you okay? So so maybe not Ticket to Ride. I really wanted to get. I really wanted to let to to bring into relief Ticket to Ride versus. Um, power Grid, though, because I think Power but Grid does a lot of... But those are completely different games. To me, Power well, Grid yeah, is like... they are, because Power Grid's way better. But no, I, for me, I, I, I think of the shelf as groups. People are over at my house, I gotta have a game that works with them. Right? Uh, Ticket to Ride, I would play with anyone. Power Grid, I would only play with people who could handle a meaty, heavy game. So maybe there's some similarities, kind of, on the map, but I would pull them out for completely different groups. And to me, that's what a collection should be, is like, how many situations, how many groups can I play? Love Letter, I would never play. It would have to be an addition to our game, right? I never just played Love Letter by itself. Sure. It's just, you know, like, hey, I got a group of four people. Hey, let's play Love Letter all day tonight. Well, if you're not going to join me on the Ticket to Ride thing, I didn't expect that. What about, uh, what about bumping um, King of Tokyo? Oh, no, not at all. King of Tokyo is exactly a game that we do not have anything to replace it with. I feel like our, I feel like the the, the because because does... because uh, the love letter is just as random as King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo is super random, but it's with dice, not cards. Um, also, King of Tokyo is a much longer game, and neither of us really enjoyed it uh, very. Like ultimately, I think we both enjoy Love Letter more than no, King of Tokyo. I don't. Really? I enjoy Love Letter in think... five minutes, five minute chunks. That's the point. Uh, King of Tokyo is like the only beer and pretzels game that we have on the list. I don't think we have anything even remotely close to being that type of game. I feel like King of Tokyo, even though there's better games out there, I'd want that on the list for a while, actually, because of that reason. I feel well, like we, we have duplicates. Duplicates, the only ones I would even consider, because I feel like they're, they're already duplicating other things on the shelf, mm-hmm. is maybe uh, Dominion. I could see getting kicked off. Because it, you know, I, I feel like there's other Aladdin games really on the liked show. Dominion. What's that? I really liked Dominion. I don't think Dominion did much. Uh, that you gave it a six. Did I? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I may have been wrong. <laughs> Anyways, no, I, I, I really liked I think Dominion. My main argument here with Love Letter is, I just think for a ten-game shelf, there's just not enough here. I, I agree, this is good for certain situations. But I don't think 10 game shelves afford you 
these little tiny niche situations like, oh, I have five, 10 minutes. I mean, yes, that happens sometimes, but I don't think it happens yeah. enough that I want to take a whole slot away for that. Right. And I just I feel like this is the only game that can fill that amount of time, like to, to have a filler. Like if we're talking about, if we were thinking seriously about having a 10 game shelf and then we have got to share one, mm-hmm. like I would want to have a game that we could play five minute games. Well, of I think that, you that, need to that it, brush up your conversation skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do we dissolve? How, how do we resolve disagreements? Well, what are you, what are you talking about kicking off? I was talking about ticket to ride or uh, King of Tokyo. But man, those two I would really like to keep on the shelf, though. For one, Ticket to Ride is the only game we have on the shelf that I feel is like can fit a non-gamer group and last a whole evening. Right? No way. I, what else? I mean, would you, what else would you teach? A love letter would be easy for that. You would also, play also, love letter also, all night long. King, no, I wouldn't play it all night long. No. So what I'm saying is, you got like. But we're, you're talking about house. playing with non-gamers. I mean, why would you want to force gamers to play games when they don't want to? If they just, no, if they no, but I'm saying you got something. non-gamers over and they're like, hey, you like games, let's play a game tonight. We've never played any games except Monopoly. Okay. What game do you pick to play with them if you don't have Ticket to Ride on the list? Off of our list? Catan. No, I wouldn't pick Catan. For, for a few reasons. One, Catan is only going to work at four player, possibly three. So you're very limited in your player account. Two to five for Ticket to Ride. Catan is a, I mean, it's fine, but I, for me, Catan, the big thing is the player count. The, yeah, the shelf. Yet, is, yet, <laughs> I mean, what's the rules of this made up scenario then? <laughs> well, no, because it's a 10 game shelf that I have to share, right? Sure. So I need games that are going to play multiple situations, multiple people coming. And that's why player count is going to matter a lot to me because I'm like, okay, well, I got people, could, I could have anywhere from one person over I want to play games with up to four people coming over I want to play games with. Ticket to Ride covers a lot of scenarios mm-hmm. because it works two to five with non-gamers. Catan is only going to work if I happen to have three people over. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you have such a limited amount of games, you need games that are going to cover multiple scenarios. That's right. what I think of with the shelf. And that's why I don't think Love Letter fits because I think it's such a specific scenario. We don't have room for something that's such a specific player, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just... It's just too specific for me. And if you wanted to kick something out, I could I could be okay with Dominion going because I didn't really care for that game, but I don't know. I like Dominion. Dominion's our only deck builder. Ah, so what? About <laughs> code names. Uh, code names. No, no, code names is our only party game. And I, I feel like the shelf. Code names isn't a filler. because well, because okay, so let let me interject. It, it seems like as this goes on eventually you're going to not be able to cover all the functions. No, that's you probably can't. Right. right. So yeah. eventually you're going the fact that it's your only party game or your only beer and pretzel game or your only, you know, whatever it is, is not going to save it because something's going to have to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I, but see, that's why I say love letter. You, you, it's going to be something you play in addition to something, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not. It's not something that I don't know. It, it's. It's okay. Well, I will yield. I'll yield game. to that. Like I, um, a lot of this is heavily tinged by the fact that I just really don't like Ticket to Ride, and I think that. Well, I think that, look, I think that I understand. Uh, King of Tokyo is. Yeah, go ahead. I, said, I realize someday we're going to kick off Ticket to Ride because you don't like it. But if we're going to kick it off, it needs to be replaced 
with a game that can play new people. I just don't feel like we have many games for a long that... time. You're saying for like for like an evening. Yeah, when people come, over, they want to play a board game. Mm-hmm. They say, "Hey, I want to play a board game." You want to set a board in front of them, play like an hour. That's a board game evening. If I pull out a love letter and we play like a five minute game, yeah, it's cool, but it didn't feel like a game night. You know what I mean? Yeah, just... yeah. I I would go with Catan there, but you're saying that Catan its player count is too limiting. Your player count's too limited, and I do feel like even though I like Catan, it's going to have to go eventually just because it doesn't. Oh play sure, yeah, it'll go eventually. Um, All right. Well, for time's sake, I will yield. And we will not have Love Letter. I, mean, I really liked Love Letter. I really liked it. Just, just I will. No, I, will, I do I will too. Let it go. I will let it slip into the ocean and sing <laughs> and, Titanic. In a bigger story. library, totally, I would say Love Letter. But I think Tens is too limited. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, sorry, Eric. Yep. Uh, Boo hoo. Yeah. But, Goodbye, uh, Churchill. You'll, you'll get Goodbye, it. Batman. <laughs> You'll get your revenge on Ticket to Ride someday. I know. I know you will. All right. Blue rises uh, again. So those are our thoughts on Love Letter. Uh, sounds like it's uh, pretty easy uh, to give it a try. If you're curious about it, meantime, please leave us a comment. Let us know uh, if you completely disagree with Greg and you think that Love Letter is a fantastic game and should kick off um, Ticket to Ride or Dominion or King of Tokyo, or Catan, uh, or any of those other games, Agricola, uh, <laughs> then leave us a comment and let us know. Uh, and what are we going to be looking at next time? Uh, Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, is that related to the Seven Wonders that we've already covered? Shockingly, yes. For two people, hence Duel. Okay, uh, so that's it uh, for Love Letter, though. Uh, as a reminder, we release new episodes on the 1st and the 15th of every month, so stay tuned for those. Uh, please uh, give us a like, and also subscribe. It helps us out since we're a new channel. And until then, this has been a piece of the action. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Spock, because I seem to recall, like, wasn't he on the operating table with, like, that the top of his head was like hidden and, and uh, McCoy was working on his brain because he was like connecting every little neuron together. Or something every like neuron. That. Piece <laughs> by piece. Right. Every blood vessel was being, Well, and, like, it, and it's together. hard because when you put them together, it's like you try it once and then you have to flip one over and then you try it again. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so. But I remember during that <laughs> surgery, Spock was awake and he was talking and I. I that feels I, like a Spock line. I, I don't know why. I, I just vaguely like remember Leonard Nimoy trying to trying to, trying to pull this one out of the garbage, the, the dumpster fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I kind of vaguely remember like maybe McCoy like misconnected something and like he just started spouting gibberish or something. I, that's I what I'm gonna go with. I, I know I've seen this is this is the episode of Spock's brain, obviously. Spock's brain. I know I've seen it, but I don't. remember. Which is not the worst episode of TOS, by the way. Really? What do you think the worst episode is? Oh, it's the, that's easy. That's the um the one with the the hippie people. I hate that episode. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Oh, I hate the that one where like so they much. the the apple. No, no, the not apple. the apple. It's in the third season. I forget what it's called now. Paradise's Children. No, what's it called? I forget what it's called now. But it's where the hippies come on board and they're like playing like the music and the it's one horrible. where they where they where they see someone committing like they see someone kissing and so they kiss. 
Is that, is that that? No, no, that's, you're thinking of the Apple. That's the Apple, yeah. No, no, this is one of the hippies, like one. literal hippies from the 70s. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Come on board. It is the cringiest episode of all time. <laughs> uh, it's, it's bad. Uh, okay. But yeah, anyways, continue. Spock's brain is bad, but not that bad. Right, so we're going with Spock. Spock. I'm okay with that. I have no idea. No, incorrect. The answer is C, Kara. Oh, okay. Who's that? So I guess we'll have, we'll have to watch it again. Who's you, should, you should put a picture of her up on the screen on the yeah, screen right now. Okay. That's Kara. Right. Well, way to go. <laughs> way to lose your brain. Wow, that's like I think it's the second time we've got this wrong. That's, that's number two. Is, yeah. The problem is we all we all go in together, and so. But by the way, I should mention like I've seen the original series once when I was like <laughs> sixteen. <laughs> So, well, we should do a Zoom, all again, a Zoom like, showing. So it's all, yeah. con- and, and and I mean, and we've talked about my memory. So even if I had seen yeah. it, like, you know, that's true. Well, I watched them all like last year. I, I right. When we get to a certain point in this show, we should we should transition over to TNG. We know a lot more about I TNG because it's agree. from our yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or it should be all like that. The new stuff. The the you could do TNG, DS9, and Voyager all together. Yeah. As far as yeah. 